you're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. You know, human beings like to live in denial. Human beings like to live in complete and total denial of the fact of their mortality. But the good thing that coronavirus has done is that it has brought to the consciousness of both the high and the low. This is one of the few seasons since I was born where things are better in Africa than in Europe. Where the less developed worlds are actually developing more in that area. than (laughs) Praise the Lord. It's funny, but it's true. This is one of those problems that can come and that the big men cannot escape it more than the poor men. Now, don't rejoice because you'll be a big man tomorrow, so don't rejoice too much. (laughs) Praise the Lord. But the sense is this, all that awareness is doing something because, you see, the gospel that you and I have received is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the good news of the kingdom. And Jesus came into our world from outside of our world. He was not born of father and mother. He was born of a virgin. Praise the Lord. But conceived of who? The Holy Ghost. So the birth and the life of our Lord Jesus Christ, the song is the song we sing, say he came from heaven to earth to do what to show the way now he came from heaven and entered into earth and lived and died and exited and the bible said the disciples saw him what exit back to heaven so with the birth and the life of our lord and savior jesus his death and resurrection it became clear to man that there is another world beyond this world praise the lord There's another word. He came, he penetrated this word. The Bible says, great is the mystery of godliness. That God was manifest in the flesh. So God came into this world, operated in as a man for 33 years plus, and then exited back and left a message. What was the message he left? That man does not have to live having hope only in this world. But you know what? That message doesn't sink. The message doesn't sink. It's so easy. You know, you get excited, but you push it aside. Everybody, most times, we live, we plan, we plot, we behave as though this were all. Come with me to the Bible, Matthew 24. And we'll take from verse 3 to 14. We'll be looking at quite, you know, um, different things this morning as the Holy Spirit will help us. Matthew 24 from verse 3 says, Now as they sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Some translations will say that all these things will happen, but they are just the things that happen over time. 
7 says, For nations will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end will be saved. And 14, let's read that together. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to in all the world as a witness to all the nations and then the end will come. Let, let's flip to Luke 21 and just read verse 26 there. Luke 21 verse 26. Luke 21 26 says the same you know, account says men's heart failing them from fear and the expectations of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. We are undeniably in a season where men's hearts are failing them because of the events of our time. Last Sunday, we were looking at occurrences only in our country, Nigeria. But here we are today, and we see that the whole world is actually facing some kind of shaking. So this shaking is not a local one. It's an international one. But we have our local one already. Praise God. But in all of this, we are still saying that word, our God is good. Why can we say that? Because the gospel that you and I have received, the gospel of Jesus Christ, is a gospel that took into consideration, that not just took into consideration, was in the know of everything that we will encounter on this earth and has made the provision. He has provided a getaway. I hope you know that one of the desires and the interest of the nations that are investigating the moon and the Mars and the sun and the planets is that they are trying to find a place where they can go to when earth is destroyed. I hope you know that. They are trying to find a place of safety, a place of security, a place where they can escape to. Those of us, a few of us may already know, Ronaldo has escaped to an island. Ronaldo, the footballer. Okay, I just pray he doesn't take the coronavirus to the island, to the poor people there. You see, all that they are doing, going to Mars, going to the moon and all of that, they know that where we are is fragile. They know that, you see, there is no guarantee of safety. There is no guarantee of things here the way they want it to be. So man is constantly making effort, working hard, you know, to find somewhere where they can go to and create some place of refuge. But in the gospel, praise the Lord, through the gospel of Jesus Christ, God himself has what? Come down and given us a place of refuge. I thought somebody would be excited. Praise the Lord. That's why in the text we read in Matthew 24, it says, nothing will happen at that level until this gospel of the kingdom is what? Preached in all the world as a witness. Why does it have to be preached in all the world? So that every man that God created will have an opportunity to say either yes or no. In which case, God will now be what? 
Or rather, every man will, will be what? Without an excuse. And God will have witness that he created an opportunity for everyone to receive the life that he intended for man to have. Praise God. So the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is good news. And that good news is for all times. You know, sometimes you listen to some persons present the gospel and you ask, can this gospel be preached, you know, in the midst of war? Can it be preached to a dying family? Can it be preached to a starving family? The gospel of Jesus Christ that cannot be good news in all circumstances is not the gospel. Praise the Lord. Most of us do watch some form of sports. You see, there are people who present the gospel like commentators. You know what commentators do? They comment on the way the game is going. If it's in tennis and two players are playing, the moment they see one person playing better, you listen to the commentators. It will seem as if this person was born to play better. Uh, by the time the game changes, listen to the same commentators. When they start speaking, it will seem as if this person was born to stop in the second set. And this person, what they do is that they follow the trends and just magnify and amplify what is happening. A lot of times when we present the gospel, you know, people present it as commentaries to the situations of men. But you see, any gospel that you listen to, and I bet you take it. Go now and get a message that you listened to 20 years ago from any preacher and listen to it today. If it's not relevant for today under coronavirus, it was not the gospel. Because the Bible says Jesus Christ is the same word. Yesterday, today, and what? Forever. The gospel is the same. Hallelujah. But you see, when we change the gospel, to feel good, motivational speaking, and to, you know, just um, so human's sense of comfort, it will not fit into in certain places. But as long as it's the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Bible talking of our, our Lord Jesus Christ, said he did not commit himself to any man. Why? He said because he himself, what? Knew all men. So Jesus knows all men, Jesus knows all situations, knows all circumstances, and has presented a good news that will be good news no matter what is happening. It is based on this good news that the word of the Lord can say to us, in all things, do what? Give thanks for what? This is the will of God for us, what? In Christ Jesus. It is the gospel, it's the assurance of this gospel. Our Lord Jesus speaking also says to us, in this world, we will have what? Tribulations in this world. He didn't say, listen, you know, for you and your family. Will be. No, he says you will, there will be tribulations in this world. But in this same world, in me, praise the Lord. In me, what are you going to have? He said you will have peace. You have peace. So it will be a peace that doesn't make sense. And he's, he's speaking in another place. says, I give you my peace. Praise the Lord. John 14, 27. He says, I'm leaving you with a gift. What gift am I leaving you with? He says, it's gift of what? Peace of mind and heart. And he says, this gift I'm giving you, this gift of peace I'm giving to you, is a gift what? That the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Now, you see, when you hear our Lord Jesus speak words, make sure you take them and break them down for yourselves. Now, I want to ask you, he said there, what I'm going to give to you is something the world cannot give to you. Isn't that? Now, what can the world give to you? 
What can the world, someone help me, what can the world give to you? Sorry? Money, yes. Sorry? Fame, yes. Sorry? Clothing, yes. Sorry? Trouble. Well, if you give people trouble, gift. He's talking about gifts that the world cannot give. Help me, help I need us to get something there. Just think, almost everything the world can give. But Jesus is calling you and I to attention that the peace I'm giving you, the world doesn't have it in their shop. It's not in their catalog. Praise the Lord. It's not in their shopping list. They can't deliver it. Let's see message. I think, is it ERV that says cannot deliver? I give you peace in a different way than the world does, okay? That's ERV. Let's see message. It says, um, that's my parting gift to you. Peace, I don't... I don't leave you the way you're used to being left. Okay, let's see Amplify, please. There's something I want to catch there. Okay. He says, my peace I live with you. My perfect peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled. Okay, let my perfect peace calm you in every circumstance and give you courage and strength for every challenge. What I'm trying to pick out here is this. That the gospel over time has been devalued to compete with the same things the world gives. But we are seeing Jesus say to us here that what I'm going to give to you, the world can give it to you. So if what I'm getting as the gospel is the very thing the world can give, then it means I'm still missing something. Now, don't get me wrong. You see, what the gospel carries is everything. It says he gives to us all things that what? Pertain to life and what? Godliness. Okay? But if somebody says, I have something for you more, then you must not be satisfied with the less. Praise the Lord. You must not get too excited with the less because he's saying that there's something that will differentiate what I'm going to give to you from everything you've gotten. And that's what the gospel begins to say to us. You know, our Lord Jesus talking about his ministry. You know, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel. And he said something. He says, set the captives free. You know, cause the blind to see. And he says, the poor... Have the gospel preached to them. Now, many times people have taken that scripture and said that the poor have riches preached to them. No, that is not what he's saying. You see, we live in a world where the people who are poor are hopeless. You see, poverty is synonymous with what? Hopeless. If there is any problem, the poor will suffer first. If there is any difficulty, whatever, no matter how it happens, the poor. If there is war, who goes to war? The poor. If there is hunger, who dies first? If there is sickness, who are the people that expose more? Eh? But Jesus is saying here that when he brings the gospel, even the poor now have a chance. That's why he says those who are at the top will be the least and those who are the least what, will be on top. Why? Because when the gospel comes, it becomes an equal opportunity deliverer. Is someone getting it? He's calling you and I a product that is beyond you know, the market of this world to supply. And not just that it's beyond the market of this world to supply. It satisfies the longing that the world has no replacement for. It takes me back to the world peace. Okay, the Bible says to us that the kingdom of God, Romans 14, 17, say for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, okay? But what? It is what? Righteousness. What? Peace. And what? Joy in the Holy Ghost. Let's take it from another angle now. Do you know that everything the world distributes, everything the world sells, everything the world produces, everything the world markets, 
is trying to achieve one of these things for you. It's trying to give you, unquote, joy. It's trying to give you, unquote, peace. Why are there bulletproof cars? Anybody? So you can go to Cardinal and come back. Isn't it? In peace. Praise the Lord. Why do people have praise singers and entertain, you know, in Igbo, they call it Otimbos. And, you know, you know they're not telling you the truth, but they're just hailing you. You want to feel right. You're paying them. The day you stop paying them, they stop singing. But you're still paying them. Because these people following you give you a sense of importance, a sense of relevance. You know, the one, every name that, in, you know, in Igbo land, every name is one. There is no two. Onwa one. Orimili one. Praise the Lord. They do one. All the names are one. They are hailing you those names. It's a sense of somebody. That's what it is. Okay? The other one is peace. All the bulletproof cars, all the security, all the mopos. What is it trying? You want to be sure that you go out and come back. Isn't it? Now, this whole thing the world is trying to create, the Bible says that is what the kingdom gives to you. But bypassing all those intermediaries. So the Bible can say Christ in you is the hope. That hope is not I will see. No, it's the assurance of glory. Why? Because in Christ, everything that God intended for man originally is repackaged and brought back powerfully. But you see, when we don't grasp this core message of the kingdom, we are discouraged, we are fearful, we are shaken by the very things that shake the rest of the world. So when we read our text, it says, these things are going to happen. You're going to hear wars, there'll be rumors, there'll be pestilences, and there'll be all of that. It says, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let your heart be troubled. Let me ask you a question. As a Christian, as a born-again Christian, what if truly rapture was going to happen in the next five minutes? Are you going to panic? Don't answer for somebody. Some people will really panic. It could happen. It could happen. You know, we read the Bible and um, we, we read the Bible and we read the Bible and we look at some people, they said, you know, so, some of the people, the Bible record said, where is that promise of his coming? That's how they said it. Our fathers heard it. That's what they keep saying. His coming is coming. Now, Jesus will come in somebody's lifetime. Are you alive now? You qualify you. When you hear Jesus is coming soon, don't think of Paul them. You know Paul them rose as though he was coming in their lifetime. And they died and generations, thousands of years have passed. He hasn't come. Don't you think now that his coming is more imminent? Especially with all the signs we are seeing. But in all of that, it's not to get us fearful. It's to cause us to lift up our eyes and to be more sure of the faith that we have. To be more sure of the salvation that we have. To be more excited. Listen to me. There is no better time to be a Christian than now. For the genuine Christian. There is no better time. Praise the Lord somebody. <clears throat> Hallelujah. 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 <clears throat> you see. The kingdom we are told. Righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Okay. Jesus says, my peace I give to you. John 16, 33, we've mentioned that already in passing. He says, in this world you have tribulation. 
Do you know what it means to have a product, have something in the midst of a situation that immunes you from every other thing that is happening around you? You know what it means? It brings security. It makes you relaxed. It causes you to raise your head. Now, in the time that we live in, everything is speaking panic. Locally, internationally, everything is speaking panic. But we serve a God who has assured us that in this situation, in this circumstance, I already have you covered. Now, if you and I, hitherto, had not gone to embrace the truth of this gospel, we may still be shaken because we have not come to understand and accept and take you know, cognizance of the benefits of this covenant. The covenant we have with him is a covenant of life. Our Lord Jesus speaking to us says, the thief does not come but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But he says, what have I come? He says, I've come that you may have what? Have life and have it what? More about what is that life he's talking about? Have you asked yourself that question? What is that life? What is the life he's talking about? Let's even probe that a bit. What life is Jesus talking about? When he says I've come that I, is it that I might have more shoes or have more clothing? Didn't our Lord Jesus Christ say to us, is not life more than clothing? Do you know that there are some people who never imagined that they could do one month without going to watch a football match at the stadium? Do you know there are some people that by this time should have been in New York traveling from Europe, you know, to conclude something? Every other thing that happens around you, you have thought it was life, but men are coming to see that they are not life. When the issue of life is put on the front burner, you see that nothing else is life. Nothing else is life. He said, it's life, not what? More than clothing. It's life, not more than, what else now? More than houses. It's life, not more than even your friends. It's life, not more than, you know, whatever it is. So what then is this life that our Lord Jesus is saying? I've come that you may have it. Because we hear it and we say, okay, Jesus has come. I'm born again. So I'm going to have this and I'm going to have more. No. That's not what he's saying. You're going to have it and have it in the way God intended for you to have it. And that intention of God is not a life in terms of broadness of the things of this life because the same Jesus taught us plainly and clearly he said the life of a man you see he's told us all these things but we don't like it he said the life of a man does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses but that's how we measure life isn't that how we measure life you're a big man what do we mean you have things you're a wretched man what do you mean you don't have things God has blessed you what do we mean you have things this man is suffering. What do we mean? He doesn't have things. But the master himself is saying, the life of a man does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. He says, it's life, not more than. So when he says, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. What's he saying? Before then, he said, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. What has the thief come to steal? The thief has come to steal your peace. He has come to steal your joy. 
He has come to steal your right standing, your righteousness. He has come to steal your God nature. That position that God put with you. Listen, the greatest title we can have is that we've been given the right to be called what? Sons of God. That's the greatest title. Praise the Lord. That's the best place we can be. And, and what does that make us? It makes us God's. Praise the Lord. It makes us God's. That's why when Satan was tempting our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, what did he say to him? He said to him, he said, the Bible said he took him to the highest, highest place he could find. And he said to him, look at the world, all its kingdoms. He showed him all of them. And what did he require of him? He said, just do what? Fall down, bow and do what? Worship me and I will give you all. Now, so Satan wants to be broke. If he actually gave Jesus the king, what will he have? Can you see he knows that there is nothing in all those things? He was looking for worship. He was looking for acknowledgement, which is what was due God alone. Let me jump myself. Come with me. Revelation 14, 6, 6, please. At a time, you know, after uh, the rapture must have taken place, the angel is going to come and preach the gospel on earth. And this gospel, the angel will come and preach. The Bible differentiated or specifically identified that gospel. It was called the everlasting gospel. I want you to see what he's saying. He says, then I saw what another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. Listen to the everlasting gospel. Let's read together, everybody. Saying with a loud voice, what? Fear God. Give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come and do one. Worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and springs of earth. What is the everlasting gospel talking? Acknowledge you're made by God. Acknowledge the maker of the world you live in. You know, we have to sometimes just pause and be sympathetic with God. This is his world. Do you know that? The Chinese in all their manufacturing for the whole world, you know, the technology of the United States, the military might of Russia and all of that. If these people don't acknowledge God in his world, do you think he'll be happy? He created all these things. Imagine you have a house and you see people running around your house. You come in, they don't even greet you. Good afternoon, sir. You pass by, they, don't, they go to your fridge, take your food and eat. They are sitting on your dining. They are eating it. You pass by, they don't even acknowledge you. They shove you aside. How will you feel? The gospel is about reconciliation, about knowing who made you. The everlasting says, these people, what are you to do? The message is what? Fear God and give glory. Some translations will say, give honor. Honor the one whose world you're living in. Honor the one who gave you breath. Honor the one who gave you life. Romans. It said, because these people, knowing that God is, seeing the from the invisible attributes, you know, created things, seeing the invisible attributes of God, refuse to acknowledge him as God. They refuse. So, what's the problem? The problem is that there are a set of people who are living with you and I on earth, who look at this word and say it came from a big noise. Praise the Lord. It came from a big noise. And in fact, some of them look around and say, it's not even big noise. That's, you know, uh, maybe... Their grandfather, you know, they, they saw all kinds of things and are walking around in this world. Now, in situations like this, God catches the attention of people and says to them, where is that big noise? Men are beginning to think. 
Men are beginning to ponder. We need help. Somebody has to help us. And all of a sudden, eyes have to be lifted. Praise the Lord. Questions are now being asked and there are no answers. Praise the Lord. But you and I, as we look at the gospel, we see that these things are just, you know, shakings. The Bible tells us in the book of Haggai 2, it says, once more is a little while, I'm going to do what? Shake the heavens and the earth. And what will happen? It said the people will come to the desire of all nations. There's going to be a catching of attention. But if the world's attention is being caught, but those of us that are in the house are fearful, then we are really not um, doing our God a favor because he doesn't expect us to be fearful. That's what I'm trying to say. Praise the Lord. He doesn't expect us to be fearful. Praise the Lord somebody. You know the Bible says in Hebrews 2, Hebrews 2, 14 and 15, it tells us something there, which is part of what the gospel captures. It's talking about our Lord Jesus Christ and his ministry. It says, inasmuch then as the children are partaking of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. Okay? And release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime what? Subject to bondage. You see, anybody who has heard the good news of Jesus Christ, you know one of the things he or she has heard? He or she has heard that the power of death has been destroyed. Praise the Lord. That the power of death what? has been destroyed. Our Lord Jesus, after his resurrection, said to the disciples, he says, all authority... In heaven and what? And on earth has been what? Given to me. It's on that basis that he could say to them, go into all the world. Preach the gospel. It's on that basis that he will say to them, if you lay hands on the sick, what will happen? They will recover. He says, I have all authority. It's on that basis that he says to them, if you step on serpents and scorpions, what will happen? They will not be able to hurt you. Why? Because they need permission. It's on that basis that he says, if you drink any deadly thing that what they will not harm you. What's he speaking from? He says the conclusion of every pain, of every sickness is what? Death. He says, I have the keys. That's what the gospel is saying. So the believer has no provision for the fear of death. You can't if you have the gospel. The gospel is good news of Jesus' victory. Jesus' defeat. Jesus spoiled principalities and powers, made a public spectacle. He emptied death of his power. He said, because the children are flesh and blood, he came as flesh and blood and death held him. But we learned the other day that it was impossible for him to be held by death. So if something is impossible for me and I do that impossible thing, what will happen? Somebody help me. It's very simple. If we bring a balloon, okay, um, an average balloon will be about what size now? Two, liter, two liters of air. Is it up to? A very big balloon. And we say it's impossible for this balloon to hold, okay, air is measured in volumes, Abby. It's impossible for this balloon to hold five cubits of air based on its construction. This balloon is created or manufactured to carry two cubits, two whatever of air. If we put five inside, what will happen? The air will remain. The balloon will cease to exist. That's what happened when Satan captured the Lord Jesus. Because it was impossible, death became dead. 
and the one who was life came out and brought life and immortality. So everywhere the gospel is preached, everyone who hears the gospel is immediately snatched. You know, I, I don't know how to communicate this thing. Listen, I'm not preaching from the Bible. I was living in Lagos. Let me tell this story for those who may not have heard it. I was a young man. I was a banker. I had a lot of money by the mercy of God. You know, it was the days of Ekumog and all of that. So there was quite some robbery there. So what people used to do who had money was that they kept money. And then if you had means, you keep gone. I kept both. I kept money, plenty of money, and I kept gone. So that if it's the type of robbers I can shoot, I will shoot. If it's the type that I'll shoot me, I will beg for my life and give them money. There was no kidnapping then. When I got born again, I asked myself the question, this person now, I can no longer be protected by gun and money. My life has become hid in Christ. I have heard the good news. Praise the Lord. Jesus has become Lord of my life. Authority has been given to me. Praise the Lord. So was I still conscious that armed robbery could take place? Yes. It was not so a question of not my portion. But what I knew then was that the God I served, if he was shooting, could actually stop the bullets. And I needed no money. Why? Because now I realized that my safety is of him. I did not need to ransom myself again. So I took the money and put it in the bank and disposed of the gun. Ever since then, there is no fear of death in this boy. I hear what I'm saying. Why? Because the gospel of the kingdom came to me. And I realized that somebody has brought life and immortality. Listen to me. Our Lord Jesus said to us, he said, he that believes in me, do you believe in him? He said, though he were dead, you're not dead. He said, even if he was dead, shall what? Shall live. And even if he's alive, what will happen? He will live forever. Why should you be afraid of a virus? If you are truly born again. If you're a recipient of this gospel. Why should you be afraid of shame? Why should you be afraid of embarrassment? Why should you be afraid of, you know, losing office or whatever? How can you be afraid? In the gospel, we have been crowned. We have reached our end. What we're doing now. The apostle Paul said something that is so interesting. He said, it's better for me to go and be with Jesus. But I look for your sake. It's better that I remain. The Christian has finished his journey. I understand what I'm saying. He whom he predestined, he also what? justified him he glorified we are already glorified you see you see us now some of us might be you know called to minister at different levels but every one of us you see you don't know how we are you see a brother and i say this brother this is the brother from papi that brother is not from papi because you have not yet seen him when jesus appears you will see him in his glory so men are still grading men because they don't know the gospel in the kingdom, nobody knows who will be the commander. Nobody knows who's going to sit on the right hand or the left hand. We are still judging as men. The apostles, they were writing to us. They said, henceforth, judge no man after the flesh. But that's what we do per day. This is a bigger man. This is a smaller man. This is a smaller man. This is a bigger man. Because we don't understand the gospel. The gospel has taken everything that is here and converted it and reserved it. Praise the Lord. So we walk on earth with an assurance. It is like another experience I had. This one was even before I got born again. 
I had, you know, missed one year of going into the university because my YEG didn't come out on time. So my friends and classmates were already in the university. So I locked myself for about three months from January to about April. Jam was April then. I wasn't going out anywhere, just church with my mom because I needed God then. And the Saturday morning I came out to do jam. I saw some people laughing and giggling. What has happened? They have the complete expo. The more they laughed, the angrier I was. Because I had labored to pass this jam. So these people will now come and use expo. And then, you know, everybody will now score the same thing. I was so angry. But they were so happy. But the only thing that happened was that when we now got into the hall, as my happiness was increasing, their own groaning, you know, was also increasing. Their happiness was reducing. Their groaning, you know. If I had to run out, I told you, I finished in under two hours. I finished and ran out. And I, when I came out, I was so happy. So, you see, these people were so happy because they thought they had the conclusion. But you see, the Bible says, judge nothing what? Before it's time. Unfortunately, they judge before it's time. When they got in, they saw that the thing was not matching. The little they knew, if the answer was B, the expert was giving them D. Sometimes, even where there is no D, the thing gives them D. <laughs> Praise God. So, nobody needed to tell them they were in trouble. But you see, before then, I thought I was in trouble. There are many of us believers living life now thinking we are forsaken. But we are selected. When Christ, who is your life, appears. Are you hearing me? This is the gospel. The gospel turns everything around. The gospel, you know, it takes everything and puts it right side up. Praise the Lord. Look for, look for from verse 18. The gospel is good news. The gospel is safety. The gospel is deliverance. The gospel is assurance. But it's not as this world. 18, our Lord Jesus Christ. It says the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why? Because he has anointed me to do what? To preach the gospel to the poor. You see, just like today in Nigeria, you know, the poor is voiceless. Do you know that? Unless something happens and I pray and I know something will happen soon. You know, we're in trouble in the hands of these people that are there. The people that are called your representatives in the National Assembly, you are hearing of the bills that are passing. Control your speech. That's the only thing that is cheap, Abby. Talk is cheap. Isn't that the only thing we can't? The Igbos have a saying, say, don't beat a child. And then close his mouth and say, don't cry. So they want to beat us. And then we can't cry. The other one is what? They want to take um, 500 million to do million dollars to convert NTA to CNN. And then they'll be showing you programs, you know, that were videoed in 1965. That's what they want to use 500. But that's not even, that's not the saddest part. The saddest part is that in this country, with this thing we're doing with Nepal, somebody wants to ban generator. You see, I don't understand. But you know the problem of that is that this person is representing you and I. The reason they're in that office is to take the pains and the concerns of the people and use it to enact law. You see that without the gospel, the poor is hopeless. But when these people get there, uh, you know what they want? Kill all the poor that are disturbing us. Somebody told me that in his village that um, there was one very, you know, wealthy, influential man. And that they heard that Nepal wanted to bring electricity to the village. But the man said no. 
The man refused. He fought against it. He said, "Ah, if people come to the village in the night, how would I identify my castle? Every hut will now have light. You know, every kiosk will now have light. He said, no. In the night, my generator will be sounding go, 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 go. They'll know the difference between rich man and poor man. Any, what am I saying? It's only the creator of the poor that loves the poor. Even the brothers of the poor don't love the poor. I hope you know that. I read somewhere, somebody said that the reason you don't know most of your relatives is because you're poor. When you become a very big man, people will be introducing themselves to you. Ah, you don't know me. I'm the first son of Auntie Elizabeth. Ah, you can't remember me. We were... The gospel, and what is that gospel to the poor? It's not that they will have money. It's that there is a plan for them. It's that God has a provision for them. It's that God bows his ears to hear them. It's that God hears their cries. It's that like our Lord Jesus Christ says, it says, I go to what? Prepare a place for you. Listen to me. No matter how much technology makes this world to be better, this world has been destroyed by sin. There is a new heaven. There is a new earth. That's what the gospel says to us. No matter. Somebody says, I want to live long by the anointing. There is nothing wrong with living long. But as I was preparing here, the Lord, just where we started from, we're analyzing, you know, causes of death in different places, you know, in different sicknesses and different things that cause death. And the Lord said to me, the number one cause of death is being alive. 100% of the people who die were alive. No, be so. Uh-huh. So, you want to live 200 years. Once you're alive, death will still come. But there is someone who has what? Taking that death. So, death is no longer having the final say. Now, what does that do for you and I? It gives us liberty, like the scripture we read. where It says where it talks about those who all through their lives were slaves to the fear of death. That is what the gospel... When the gospel comes to a man, he's no longer a slave to the fear of death. He says what he should say, does what he should do, goes where he should go. Is somebody getting me? That is liberty. That's liberty. That's liberty. There's no liberty like that. One of the attractions, now now don't get me wrong. You know, if you give me money, a lot of money I'll take. But one of the attractions of wealth is that it gives freedom. Praise the Lord. Even though now they can't give, you know, you can't really do much with it. I'm just wondering if our guy needs to go to London now, what will happen? Road don't block. Maybe you need to go to Abreba this time. There's London in Abreba. Small London. Only you people will receive him in, in small London. What am I saying? You see, wealth gives liberty. Praise God. You can, you know, do go where you want to go. Go faster. Go in better style. You understand? But you see, when a man is free from the fear of death, when a man is free from the need for approval, when a man wakes up in the morning and know that God has said to him, you're my son. Whether you wear waistcoat or not, you'll be walking with swag. Do you understand? Because you know that the father has owned you. The Bible says, what manner of love the father has bestowed up that we should be called sons. This is what the gospel brings. The gospel is an equalizer. That's why a lot of people have problems with it. That's why Lord Jesus Christ says it is difficult for the rich to be saved. Do you know why it's difficult? You see, how can we all gather and everybody is now a son of God? Ah, there should be some servants amongst the sons. The gospel gives hope to everybody. 
One of the first persons we see being saved. You see, these things are problems. To the one who is self-righteous, it's also a problem. You come in a room and you're preaching the gospel. And somebody knows that the sister there has committed seven abortions. And she's a virgin. And you're saying Jesus loves you all equally. The holy sister is going to be wondering, don't you know she's a sinner? We read these things in the Bible, but it applies to us also. Do you know where she's coming from? I've kept myself. And then the worst part is that the same God now wants to distribute husband in that meeting. That sister, Papa, next three months, she has married. Next four months, uh, baby dedication. And the holy sister is wondering, are you the one? Or should we look for another? What is going on here? Yeah? Now, do you, know what you're, do you know what you're doing at all? But you see, that is the gospel. You know why? The benefits of the gospel, nobody can earn it. The Bible says it's by grace that we are saved. It says the gift of God, not of works, lest what? Any man should boast. So we are safe in him. We are settled in him. We have liberty in him. And all this is because of the love of God. It's because of the goodness of God. And what are we sharing this at this time for? Let us not bow our heads. Let us not call it conspiracy. What the world is calling a conspiracy. This is the time to preach the gospel. This is the time to let the world know that Jesus loves them. And if you think of death, somebody has spoiled death. The news everybody's looking to hear now is there's a vaccine against coronavirus, isn't it? But there's a vaccine against death. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. That's it. Let's rise on our feet. Father, we thank you. Father, we bless you. This is the time to raise your head. This is the time to declare the gospel. This is the time to know that there's no wonder Jesus said to us the things he said to us. He said there'll be tribulation, but don't be moved. He says there'll be peace in me. When you come back and open your Bible and look at the promises and the things he said, and look at the way he interpreted situation, you see that he anticipated every circumstance and every situation. So if the king will humble himself, if the pauper will humble himself, everyone will see that in the gospel is good news. More so in moments like this, when the attractions of the world, when the things that people advertised were the benefits and the blessings of God, mean nothing again. They mean nothing again. They mean nothing. When in this moment you now look deeply into the gift of God, then you can begin to understand the love of God. You can begin to understand the goodness of God. But why don't you just, you know, lift up your heart to him and say, Lord, help me to know, help me to fully comprehend all that is in the gospel, all that is your good news towards me. Lord, do not allow me. To sorrow, to worry, to be shaken, just like the world is shaking. Some of us, our problem may not even be corona. Some of us may have come here and there are very local issues you came with. The same gospel is available for you. You don't need to walk alone. You never have to walk alone. For God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son. That if you believe in him, you will not perish. That perish is eternally and that perish is also dying while you alive you have no reason to bow your head you have a savior you have a redeemer you have one who loves you you have one who knows you you have one who is concerned about you you have one who is you know thinking about you he said to us be anxious for nothing be anxious for nothing you know the lord said to me he said 
Anxiety is a normal response to problems. But it's not a right response. Anxiety. Men's heart failing them. It says it's a normal response. It's a problem. So why shouldn't I be anxious? But it says what? Don't be anxious but what? Be anxious for what? Nothing. But rather what do you do? It said pray. That's it. That's the spiritual response. That's what the gospel brings. So you came in here anxious about something. Then you need to drop that normal response and take up the gospel response. The gospel response is to pray. Why? Because he already has prayed for you. What did he say to Peter? He said, I have prayed for you. He's waiting for you to join him so that two of you can agree as touching that situation. Is there somebody here grateful for the gospel? Grateful for the gift of Jesus? Grateful for the love of God? Thankful for the goodness of God? That's what we have. We don't walk alone. I'm not alone. Come what may, may what come. We are never alone. Somebody has us covered. The psalmist said to us, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will what? We will fear no evil. Why? He says, for thou art with me. Thou art with me. Father, we are thanking you. Lord, we are thanking you. I needed to talk to God and take in, take in. Somebody came here and they've been stealing from you the benefits of the gospel. How can I be a believer? Ask yourself, why should I sorrow? Why should I allow myself to be troubled? Why should I worry like the world? I'm not in the world. I'm in Christ. He said the world will have tribulation, but I should have peace. Peace is my license. I'm entitled to peace. I receive the peace of God that passes all understanding. I will not worry. Rather, I will stand and declare the good news of the gospel. Even in this time. Father, I'm thanking you. Lord, I'm blessing you. Lord, I give you praise. Thank you, Lord my God. The gospel of the kingdom. Why should I worry? Why should my heart be shaken? This is the plan. That all these things will happen. And then my Lord will come. Father, we thank you. Lord, we give you praise. Lord, we give you praise. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158804. You can find us online at www www.thefatherschurchonline.org God bless you.